0: Hey everybody, this is Industry Seating. I am your host, Jason Thomas, and welcome to the off-season. Going to be a little bit short today as far as the length of this podcast, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. There has been a little bit of uh, gossip and some rumor, mill things happening out there. Some of those confirmed, which we'll get into. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast first, though. Pirelli Tires, ProGlow, Blenzall, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding. Premier Vapor Blasting, 612 Suspension, Fast Foundry, Risk Racing, and Fly Racing. Thank you to everybody for being a part of this podcast. As we roll into the first off-season of this podcast and we look towards 2021, things are starting to happen pretty quickly. You know, that final race at Paula wrapped up and then everybody transitioned into, okay, if anybody's still in the free agent market, you know, there was obviously the dissolvement, I guess, good word for Geico Honda, which I was kind of a part of. Unfortunately, uh, I mentioned to you guys last week that we were, I don't know, I would say even past negotiation for that deal. Uh, we had agreed in on the terms and, um, in principle to sign Geico Honda to wear fly racing in 2021 and beyond. And unfortunately that is not going to come to fruition and that's a big bummer, but That doesn't mean that the riders are not going to be racing. They are just kind of going their different directions. And maybe we'll still have some of those prospective Geico riders in fly racing for 2021. That remains to be seen. But that's certainly a big topic for today's podcast is what happens with Hunter and Jet Lawrence. They are clearly some of the best riders in the 250 class. I think Jet Lawrence may have the most buzz of any rider in the 250 class. And I think every team and every OEM and every sponsor was chasing down Jet Lawrence and what the the possibilities of signing Jet Lawrence was right after, you know, Geico Honda was going away. And that goes way back to, uh, I would say like Ironman. There were rumors of that team, you know, that, that was around when the time that it was announced that Geico as a sponsor was going away. And that just created a whole stir because you never know what's going to happen with contracts and is the team going to stay or is the team going to go? Are there holes that could be punched in those contracts? You know, and that if you look at some of the track record for a team like monster star Yamaha, they have really capitalized on situations like that signing Shane McElrath, you know, that, that really seen, I guess, Jarrett Fry would fall into that as well. They have taken advantage of opportunities and, I know Steve Mathis has not been a big fan of the things they've done in the past, but if you look at the riders they've been been able to bring to their team because of it, it's hard not to say that it's been savvy. I could understand the bitterness, and I can understand that it's a little, as he would use, greasy. But if winning is your only goal, they've gotten some pretty good riders along the way and gotten them out of deals that the rider clearly wanted to get out of. You know, if if you want to place blame... Start with the rider because they aren't no one. No one has a gun to their head to to move teams, right? Shane McElrath deal. There was a lot of scrutiny around that when he left Tod KTM and went to Star. You know, he claimed a back injury, did not finish the 2019 Supercross series, so he did not point out there. You know, that was a pretty strategic move on his part. You know, they they claimed back injury till the end, but yeah. I – no one's believing that, right? If you're believing that, I, I have some uh, oceanfront property in Arizona. That's a really outdated term, but point being, it was very transparent to me that they wanted to keep his 250 eligibility, and then for for their troubles, TLD KTM lost their rider. He went to Monster Star Yamaha and won a bunch of races in 2020 and nearly won the title. So that was a a well publicized move, and in the end. You know, if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Shane McElrath. He was the one that took advantage of the situation. But for him, if you're looking at best chance of success, looked like Monster Star Yamaha worked out pretty well for him. So you can't really blame him there. And then the Jarrett Fry one, he got out of a Suzuki deal that would have brought him to the professional class to go to Monster Star Yamaha. And there was some shady business going on at Loretta Lenz that year that would allow him to move because had he won that year, he would have been locked in and he did not want to be locked in. So that was where Steve kind of jumped on the, the negative tone for how Monster Saryamaha Yamaha was, was approaching some of those deals. Uh, but at the same time, if your only goal is to hire the best guys and find ways to allow them to join your team, I don't know how you can blame Monster Saryamaha Yamaha all that much. Like I said, they're not forcing these riders to come over. They're just giving them an opportunity. So that same kind of thing is up in the air and was up in the air, bringing this back around for Jet Lawrence. And I think every team out there probably contacted his agent, Lucas Myrtle. And, you know, Honda's doing the smart thing by locking him down. You know, he still is under contract. And I think they are making sure that he does not go anywhere because unless you live under a rock, you would know that Jet Lawrence's future is incredibly bright. The kid won his first race overall at the last round, but even before then, he has been building and building and building. He has the talent, he has the charisma. You can tell how marketable he is. You know his antics at Salt Lake, doing the uh, the hot tub interviews, and he just kind of has the whole the whole package. Much like Ken Roxon when he was coming up, and much like we've seen with Adam Cincirillo, he's kind of has that next tag. You know, air quotes around next for a guy that's going to win in this class. And remember, he's only 17 years old. The real drama comes in though, in how this is all gone, because behind the scenes, the apparel side is really where the drama is coming in. And that's usually not the case. You know, that's the world I live in, trying to get these deals done and, and hire riders. And of course, sell a lot of product and grow the fly racing brand. But there's a lot of drama because what's happening is it sounds like this Honda deal where they bring Hunter and Jet into the fold, into the factory Honda truck, they're going to allow them to do their own gear deal. And that's, that's the rumor, but I think that's that's going to be truth. I think that's what's exactly is going to happen. Now, you may be sitting there going, well, what's the problem with that? Who cares? You know, they should be allowed to do their own gear deal. That's fair. But what happens is all of these other riders, guys like Austin Forkner, Uh, guys like Jeremy Martin, whoever, right? Whoever is the, the top dog in the 250 class that comes up for a contract renewal, or maybe they're just looking at their contract and, and looking over at what Jet Lawrence, the situation he's getting and going, well, I want to do that. I don't want to have to sign a team gear deal. If, if Jet Lawrence doesn't have to do that because you basically look at doubling your income, right? If, if, Jet Lawrence, or he's going to be able to do it, I believe. But if you take like Austin Forkner, who I think is a a pretty big prospect, we all know. And you said, okay, Austin, Kawasaki's not letting you go. That's pretty clear. I I think Monster Cowie has big plans for Austin Forkner, as they should. If they're looking at, okay, we're going to keep you no matter what. But a great way to go get more money (laughs) would be for him to be able to go get his own gear deal. And Mitch Payton's like, no way. That's how I run our team is I need all these sponsors. I need, you know, income from monster. I need income from, you know, their, their gear sponsor is Fox. And it's a, it's a big price tag that comes along with that, but that helps fund their team that helps pay these riders and mechanics and resources to go out and build the best bikes and R and D. And there's a, there's a ton of expense that comes along with running these race teams, but that is a big, a big part of how they pay that bill is that team apparel deal. Well, if that dynamic is all thrown into disarray, which this could cause that, how does that team run? How does that team fund itself? Because you take out that number and I'm going to guess any, well, it's a guess, but let's say it's somewhere between 250,000 and 750,000. Now that's a wide range, but there's a lot of teams in that mix but you take that number out of a team's budget and it creates a lot of problems. They, they can't, they have to basically let people go. They, they can't run their team taking several hundred thousand dollars out of their budget, but that's what's on the table. That's what could possibly happen with this jet Lawrence deal. And, you know, I'm speculating on a lot of things. I'm speculating, speculating on where this could go, but I know that that's been a topic behind the scenes is that if, if this is allowed, if Jet Lawrence is allowed to do his own gear deal, that's going to cause a big ripple effect down the line. And, and I'm, if I'm a team owner, I am railing hard against this. And I don't know that there's anything they can do. Because if you are Jet Lawrence, if you are Jet Lawrence's agent, of course you want to do this. Of course you want to capitalize on this opportunity and make every single dollar for your rider and for yourself – Make no mistake, these agents, that's how they make money. But you want to make every dollar you can for both of them. So I don't necessarily blame them, but this is not a popular move amongst team, team owners because you're you're upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. That, that's another dated reference. I feel like I'm 75 years old today. But you're really putting pressure on these teams to react because what happens now, okay? Let's say that this dynamic stays the same and Honda is okay with moving forward with this. They're like, yeah, it's not worth dealing with the team dynamic and we'll just let the riders do it themselves and we'll sort out, you know, the rest on our own. Well, what happens next year or the year after when whatever rider is up for a contract renewal? And they're, you know, in the 250 class, and it's hard to say who that will be, who the the next star will be, whatever star is in, you know, star rider. But two years from now, it's going to be a new, you know, crop of riders or whatever that will be looking to win races. But they're going to look at the the landscape of the market, and their agent is certainly going to be, you know, talking to everybody, and they're going to be pursued by every team. Well, that agent's going to look at, okay, well, I have this deal X over here, that is, you know, let's say a going rate for a good 250 guys, let's say 350 thousand, and that's all in. That's all the sponsors. That's one check from the team. And then bonuses and whatever come on top of that. Well, if I went to Honda under this scenario, maybe I could get a similar amount from Honda, right? Hondas, they have a vested interest in in sponsoring their riders and they're going to pay pretty well. They always have. Maybe it's a little less. Maybe it's 250,000, which is a fair number from Honda to pay for a 250 guy. They've They've certainly paid much more than that in the past. But then I get to go out and do my own gear deal and for a top 250 rider to get to do their own gear deal, that's going to win races. And that's who we're talking about. A, a guy, let's say Forkner again, he will probably be moving up in that period, but let's just say for, for an example, let's say it was Forkner right now. I think he would be able to command upwards of 250,000 ish, maybe 300,000 for a gear deal in the 250 class. That that's my guess that maybe he would get more than that. I could see, a Fox or an Alpine stars, or even us coming in Thor, certainly the big players, I could see them coming in and pushing that number up. If you have a guy that's going to win and has all of the tools has the, the media savviness has all the things that you want out of a rider. And you're looking at a long-term agreement with that rider that would carry them into the 450 class. I could see that number getting pushed up. So now you've taken a rider that would make say 350,000, which is, I believe where the range of Austin Forkner is, and now you're pushing that number to 500, 600, maybe more. That's that's a lot of money. You're almost doubling that rider's income because of this simple dynamic changing. And now, how are teams supposed to? How are they supposed to compete? How is Mitch Payton? How is JGR Suzuki? How is Monster Star Yamaha? Go down the list of, of whoever you know, Gas Gas, KTM, which will, the 250 team will be, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, TLD Gas Gas. How are they supposed to compete with that number? How are they ever going to sign riders that they want? Because they have gear deals with their teams in place that allow them to fund their teams. They're not going to be able to afford to pay a rider 600 grand to compete. They can't because now you're absorbing all of that gear money into one rider. It just doesn't, the the finance doesn't work. The economics don't work. So that's really where the problem comes in. And that's where all of the, the talk behind the scenes is going on is like, guys, you're going to screw everything up. Like you're going to completely change the fundamentals of how this works and how this can possibly continue on and how teams can, can exist, how financially, how they can exist. Now, I don't have the answer to it, but I know there is a lot going on to that. There are a lot of upset teams and a lot of, I don't want to say fear. I don't think that's the right word, but certainly they're concerned and they should be. If you completely change how teams are funded and how they can make dollars and cents add up, that's a problem. It's a problem moving forward. So I would bet there are some phone calls going on to Honda, the brass at Honda saying, guys, what are you doing? You're you're going to screw everything up. And I don't know that Honda really cares. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. That's that. I haven't had a conversation with them at all, and nor is it any of my business, but It is an interesting dynamic to watch unfold. And I think there are a couple of people behind the scenes, you know, pulling the levers on this thing. But again, I think that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to get as much, you know, revenue and as much uh, compensation for their athletes that they can. It's just going to be an interesting thing to watch play out. I don't know how it goes. I I'm seeing the way it's trending. And I, I think it's, I think Joe Lawrence is going to be the big winner here, but I, but long-term I don't know what it's going to do to the dynamics of these team gear deals and how that's all going to play out. So again, I'm not, at this point, I'm not involved in any of it. You know, the, uh, the fly racing side, we were certainly involved in the Geico Honda side, but when that went away, so did our involvement. You know, we haven't had any real conversation past that. So it, it doesn't necessarily affect any business interests that we would have now, but it could affect our negotiations moving forward. So, and and we'll just react. We don't, it's not necessarily good or bad for fly racing. I don't think it really matters, but how we approach situations and who we negotiate with and how our deals are structured in the future could all change. That could certainly happen. And, And I think it, there's a good chance that it might. What I don't know is how, the teams will respond. How will Mitch Payton counteract this? How will Bobby Reagan at monster star, Yamaha counteract this same thing for Tyler Keefe and Roger DeCoster and these, these 250 factory teams. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a challenge if, if this goes through and, and Hunter and Jed are allowed to do their own gear deals. I don't know what response they can have. I don't know what the counter move to that is other than you look at your budget and go, how the hell are we ever going to get the the next guy, right? How are we going to get the next winner without either upping our deals a ton? Because we're not going to have the firepower that Honda could have. That was a little double entendre, if you guys know about firepower racing. But it's interesting. It's probably the biggest wrinkle going on behind the scenes in the sport right now it's, it, there's not a lot of, uh, drama out there right now. Everybody's kind of in this quiet time of just going back home and resting. That's probably the biggest subject that I've heard about, uh, as far as who's worried about what and who's, you know, making phone calls, frantic phone calls. So we'll see, like I said, it has nothing really to do with me or the brand that I work for good or bad. Um, it's just something to watch for and see, let's see how it all plays out. And let's see more importantly, how it plays out long-term because I I think for the short term, I think that's how it's going. I don't think anything can stop it, but does it fundamentally change the dynamic of how gear deals are done in the future? I don't know. Moving on, J-Mart has gone to star. And I, if you listen to this podcast, which I'm sure you did, I was convinced he was going to Monster Pro Circuit Kawasaki and I was just wrong there. He was talking to him, but... I thought he would end up there. I thought it made just too much sense on paper to not end up there. But when it came down to it, I think Jmart mart saw how powerful that team was and how strong his potential for winning would be on that team. And he just decided to go back. Because if you remember, it didn't end well when he left there. He he blamed them or claimed that they were sabotaging his race efforts you know, he was basically pitting out of his own setup on the side of the truck because he was not getting along with Cooper Webb and the rest of the team really. So it was a bit surprising to see him go back there. That was not what I predicted or claimed. And I was just, like I said, I was just flat out wrong on that. But if you look at it, if you take, if you remove that and you just look at it for what it is, it makes a lot of sense. You have arguably the best Lucas Oil promoter Cross Rider for 2021 going to the best, arguably the best team at the moment, the best motorcycle at the moment in Monster Star Yamaha. So that those two things, just those two dynamics merging makes sense. And that's going to be a really difficult thing for riders to, to, to beat next year. You know, if you're Jet Lawrence or you're Austin Forkner or whoever you're, you are as a rider and you're looking at, man, that, that, that title would be sweet next year to win. Now you, you look at J-Mart, who was your runner up in the series. And certainly the second best rider behind Ferrandis jumping on the best motorcycle in the class, in my opinion, that your life just got tougher. Uh, So smart move by Monster Star Yamaha, who has made a myriad of smart moves lately. And I can't really argue with with J-Mart's move either. I think had he ended up at Pro Circuit Cowie or Monster Star Yamaha, I think he would have had a very good chance of winning next year. But maybe another one or two percent higher on Monster Star Yamaha. You just have to think that way with how much how much success that motorcycle has had. Um, It's really hard to overlook that. So smart move by all and um, a very strong outlook for, for 2021. I don't know how Jay Martell doing supercross, you know, it's been a, it's kind of been a wash. He's been good, you know, podium threat, but he's never realized the potential that we all thought he could in the, in 250 supercross, you know, title threat, multiple race wins, all that kind of stuff. Going back to 20, 18 supercross. He was, he was on fire at the end of the series and then he got hurt. So if he can get back to that form, maybe he can be a title threat. It just, it's never really worked out on a series wide level for J Martin supercross, even with all the hype coming in, there were years where we we're just like, Oh, and, and, leaving the test tracks in December, you're like, everybody that I talked to was like, J Martin's the guy, J Martin's the guy, J Martin's the guy. And then he would show up at Anaheim and just be a disaster crashing and, and maybe just too much pressure expectations were too high, and it just didn't work. So we'll see. We'll see what Kosi ends up on and see how that goes. But for motocross, he's going to be very, very difficult to deal with in 2021. Last of the rumor, it sounds like Shane McElrath will be going to JGR Suzuki. I do not know that for a fact. I think he will be on a Suzuki, whether it's HEP or JGR, but it sounds more and more like he will be landing at JGR. So watch for that. Again, not for sure, but... I guess if I was hard pressed to say, that's where I think he will end up. So this week's sponsors, Pirelli tires, go check out their full line of tires, Scorpion MX soft, Scorpion MX 32 mid soft. That's the tire that I think most of you would want. And then the Scorpion MX 32 mid hard. If you live in the Northeast or you live like in Washington state or somewhere where it's super hard pack, maybe take a look at that MX 32 mid hard. So you don't rip knobs or, uh, overly abuse that tire pro glow line of power sports cleaning solutions. We'll get your equipment looking sharp in no time. We all know that clean bikes just go faster and let's face it, they look better. So try the degreaser for those greasy, grimy surfaces and the power sports wash can take off just about anything you can throw at it. I use it. And so should you use code moto 15 to get 15% off your order at go That's G O P R O glow. G L O W.com. Thank you to GoPro for being a part of this podcast blends oils. Go check out their gold label, increase horsepower, increase RPM, and still lowers your operating temperatures. And you'll get a little bit more responsive throttle. So throttle response will go up too. basically just your engine runs cleaner on gold label. Go to blendsall.com. go to at blends on their Instagram. Check out all the cool things you're involved with. They have all their merchandise on there. They are a big part of Michael Lessie's program as he takes on all these 125 races across the country, all these two stroke races, and has been dominating thus far. Blendsall is a title sponsor of Michael Lessie. And generally, they're just trying to get involved at a grassroots level, which I know very well because that is fire Racing's approach as well. So check out Blendsall, support those sponsors that support the sport. Works connection, pro launch start device. Have you ever wondered how these guys are getting such good starts? Pro launch start device is a big part of that. I used it in my racing career. It's the same great system. And that's why it hasn't changed because it works. It's easy. It's easy to install. There's a video on their Instagram. If you want to check out how to install it, how it works. Monster star Yamaha, which we've talked about so many times getting the starts all the time. They use it. Factory Honda, they use it. JJR Suzuki, they use it. All the guys that are getting good starts. Use the Works Connection Pro Launch Start Device. Go to at Connection on their Instagram. Go to worksconnection.com to check out all the products. And they have a ton of stuff over there. They have so many great products. We've been really focusing on the Pro Launch Start Device because there is some competition in the market, but I believe and and I really do. I, I think this is the best one of the bunch. And I think that's why so many factory teams choose it, is because it's tried and true. And it just works. That's what factory teams want. They don't want issues. They don't want complications. There's way too many things that can go wrong already. They just want products that simply work and get the job done, which is absolutely what Works Connection is all about. Plum Creek funding, saving people money all over the place. Every time I talk to Zach, he's like, oh, I heard from, you know, John Smith, West Virginia, right? And and it's really just about people saving money, taking advantage of the opportunity that the government is putting out there. You know, they've lowered interest rates, which allows mortgage rates to drop. But for us, it creates buying opportunities and it creates refinancing opportunities, which is probably more likely for most people. Most people probably already own a home, but if you can refinance and get your payment down, you're going to save tens of thousands of dollars over the course of the loan. And all my friends are, are already doing this, whether they're working with Palm Creek funding or not. Because it's that time. There it's there's never been a better opportunity for refinance literally ever. You know, if you go back to periods of inflation, I was listening to a podcast this week on this. You go back to the mid eighties, we were in a serious time of inflation. Mortgage rates were anywhere from twelve to twenty percent on a home. Now think about that. Twelve to twenty percent. I think twelve was the very low end of the range and, and your credit score had to be through the chart, you know, off the charts and very difficult to get it. But I, I know a friend that his first loan, the more, the, the rate was 20%. Now let's say an average was 15. If you had a 300,000, well, that's probably high for back then. Let's say you had a hundred thousand dollar house, a $200,000 house. That's probably more realistic back then. Let's say, let's say a hundred thousand average house, nothing crazy, just getting all, you know, a, a starter home or whatever. You are paying fifteen thousand dollars a year in interest. That's crazy talk, right? Now you look at what's available now, and yes, hundred thousand dollars isn't going to get you a home anymore. But you can get sub three percent on a home. Now you're only talking about that same home; it only costs you, you know, twenty five hundred bucks, twenty twenty seven fifty a year. So, the point is, if you don't know much about this stuff. There is a, an incredible opportunity on the table right now. The government is trying to incentivize people to spend money, incentivize banks to lend money. And we are the benefactors of this. So whether you want to buy or refinance, reach out to Plum Creek Funding. This is the best opportunity. There's no, you know, I I don't get anything by this. Like I'm not trying to sell you a fly racing helmet with this. I'm trying to save you a ton of money. i have done this. I wish I could do it again on my investment property, but investment properties, the rates are a little higher but I'm going to try to buy something in the spring because I, I recognize the opportunity will never get better than it is right now. Even if you, you don't really want to buy, you could buy and rent something out and, and keep your payment down because of the opportunity right now. So check it out. If you're a homeowner, at least do some homework and see what's available for you. You can, you can talk to Zach. That's probably your best bet. Call him seven, two, zero two, one, two, four, six, eight, five. And just see what the situation is. It's not going to cost you any money to ask questions and find out if there's a way for you to save a ton of money. Premier vapor blasting. It has been voted number one for your vapor blasting needs. Vapor blasting is the safest method in surface restoration. It does not compromise integrity like some other methods can. It's safe for rubber, plastic, hard items like that, but it's also gentle enough to clean like your radiators without damaging the radiator fins to get a discount from premier vapor blasting mention the industry seating podcast and they will get you a 25% discount. You can go to at premier vapor blasting on their Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to check out the work that they do and and see. And, And it's pretty amazing. I think that's, you know, visually, I think that's, what's going to impress you the most and anything you've been looking at restoring or just getting your race bike dialed in. That is the way to go. 612 suspension full-service suspension company. They are affiliated with Racetech, so you know you're getting quality work and parts. You can get gold valves to revalve your stuff, or you can just get an oil change. doesn't matter if you have a street bike, moped. Uh, I always throw that moped in there. I probably need to retire that one, but anything like that, dual sport bike, motocross bike, of course, off-road bike. If you do GNCC racing, whatever you have that has suspension on it, 612 suspension can get you dialed in go to 612suspension.com. That's S-I-X, the number one, two, suspension.com. You can go to at 612suspension on their Instagram to see a lot of the work they're doing. He does all kinds of cool stuff, coatings and all, you know, basically if you want to build factory suspension for yourself, he can get you dialed in there too. He's been around a long time and his father was a suspension guy before him. So they know exactly what your need will be. Fast Foundry Tech Solution, doesn't matter if you have a startup, doesn't matter if you've had a a company for 50 years, Fast Foundry can dial you in and get you up to speed. Now, we know with COVID-19, every business has had to take a long, hard look in the mirror and see how they can be better. That's just what COVID-19 has done to business. Now, if you need to get more efficient, Fast Foundry can help. Ask for Robert. Their number is 208-991-3320, and you can go to fastfoundry.com as well. Now, these guys aren't amateur hour. They've worked with companies like HP, Mountain Dew, Intel, Fortune 500 companies like that. But they also work with companies that are just trying to get up and going, right? And, and I'm in the process of building businesses myself. You know, I'm a, I'm a part of the PulpMX fantasy team. This podcast itself is its own business. So I certainly understand how a company like Fast Foundry can help me too. I need to know everything there is, the ins and outs of business that I'm not. I'm not educated in that arena. I, I don't know. So I lean on Robert to help me and to make sure that I'm taking the right steps forward to make sure that growth is not only possible, but also I, I capitalize on every opportunity in front of me. So thank you to Fast Foundry. Check those guys out for not necessarily moto needs, but you know most of us are moto fans. We just have jobs in other industries. That could be a way for you to capitalize on both. Risk racing, the most recent addition to the industry seating podcast. I still want to welcome them. This is the third podcast they've been on, but when I was perusing their products and, and I, I kind of do that with every company, I see what I, I want to push the most. And then I, you know, ask them, hey, hey, are you cool with me pushing this really hard? That whole shot race gate is awesome. I actually had one, which is crazy, but you can do whatever you want. You can, you can link them together. So if you have, you know, a few friends that you want to practice starts, You can do it on your own if you're just practicing by yourself. And I used to do that myself. I would go out, especially once I moved to Boise, I did it in Florida too. When nobody else wanted to ride, I would just go practice starts by myself, but that, that whole shot race gate is perfect for that because it has a remote start. It has a random timing start. So if I just wanted to do it on my own, I could have the gate dropped without, you know, having to have someone there to help me. You can link up multiple gates to, to work for ATV racing too. So that's, it's not like it's just for motorcycles. You could do it for quads. If you had two gates, you could do it on your own for a quad. It's a really cool product. Pros use this. A lot of the teams use this. Uh, JGR Suzuki uses this. TLD KTM uses this. And you can see why. How is there a better way to practice starts than, than a product like the whole shot race gate? Use code JT dollar sign, JT money to get a discount over at risk racing. And you can check out all the products they have too. They have a lot of cool products. Similar to, I, I kind of link them to Type Company Works Connection. They have all these things that you didn't know you needed before, but they can really improve your race experience. So check out riskracing.com. I want to thank those guys for coming on board. And last but not least, Fly Racing. I work there, as you all know. But we are working hard. We have our 2023 line list meetings coming up soon, which is it's crazy talk to me. But that's just how far out we have to think. And, and that's not like we're deciding exactly what we're doing, but we are in the concept phase for 2023 of what we want to see in the market and how things are trending. So that will be interesting. A lot of new ideas are presented and we, we all make our pitch for the direction that we want our products to go. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, but it's always an interesting couple of weeks of innovation and really thinking outside the box. But thanks to Fly Racing. Check out the Formula Helmet. Check out the Evo line. Check out the, the light line zone pro goggle. There's, there's a ton of things that we've really taken next level steps forward with that maybe you haven't seen, or maybe you tried that product five years ago and we're like, eh, I promise you it's a completely different outlook now. And I would put these products up against anything in the market. So fly racing, flyracing.com. Now let's get into a couple of email questions to wrap this podcast up. Thank you to the listeners for sending these over. Now, Tanner Hall asked me a question. It's a pretty good question because this podcast has talked about Monster Star Yamaha a ton, but he's asking if how all these kids that are moving up, right? And Monster Star Yamaha has an amateur program that they have kids that will be coming up. How do they feel about all these riders getting signed in front of them? And how does that reflect on their future? You know, a kid like Ty Masterpool, who Led laps, led a ton of laps, qualified fastest, got a podium in a moto this season. He didn't get his contract renewed. How can that even be possible? You know, now they go out and they sign Christian Craig. They go out and they sign Jay mart How does that look if you're a rider moving forward? You know, a, a kid like Nate Thrasher, a kid like Jarrett Fry, they have to feel like they're under a ton of pressure to perform because they know if they don't, they're immediately out. And you look at their history – Look at master pool, look at what he was able to do. And yes, he was hurt a lot, but he's, he's left without a ride. That's a really high standard to have to live up to, to be able to stay on that team. And I guess that comes with the territory. If you want to be on the best bike on the best team, you better, you better show up on race day, but it has to add pressure to these guys. And then you add in a kid like Levi kitchen, who's not even necessarily on that program yet, but he might be better than all of their amateur riders moving forward. So the question is, do they have pressure? Can't Monster Star Yamaha keep up this torrid pace of signing riders? You know, they have the best guys and and they're spending a ton of money. Like financially, can they keep up with this? Or are they putting themselves in a very precarious spot with spending? No, some of the stuff I don't know. You know, I don't have access to their books financially, but I can tell you that sponsors are definitely stepping up because they want to win. And anytime you have the best riders and the best bike, and you're, you're winning championship after championship, you're going to be able to dictate the dollars that are being spent within reason, right? You're going to get the highest deals and Monster's going to step up for you. And your gear sponsor is going to step up for you and everybody because they want to win and, and funds are being sent their way. They're going to, it's going to be a bidding war to get their services moving forward, at least in the short term. And that was a big question for 2021, you know, with Ferrandis leaving and McElrath leaving, were they going to be able to replicate these results that they've had over the last few years? And it looks like they will with the signing of Jmart. And, you know, Christian Craig, I think, has big potential. So their future still looks pretty bright. And maybe six months ago it was more of a question mark. So I think they'll be just fine. Now I ask if if there could be repercussions or are they, you know, are they scared of sponsors pulling out with all these contracts? Well, not necessarily. Power sports is in a pretty good spot right now. So I think they'll be fine. It's just crazy how that team has kind of exploded and everybody, you know, has moved there. And then they had the addition of the the 450 program for 2021. Uh, You have to be pretty bullish on where monster star Yamaha looks moving forward. Um, So I don't have any real concerns for them other than they need to make sure that, that Yamaha keeps them on the very front end of technology because that's really what's driving this whole thing. It's not a team dynamic. It's not any of that. It's they have the best bike, and every rider wants to be on it because look at what it does for you. Look at what it does for your results if you're on that bike. That's really what it's all about. And we saw that. You go back to Mitch Payton's team, you know, Monster Pro Kawasaki, in the mid-2000s when they were on the forefront of four-stroke technology. Everybody wanted to be on Mitch's team. And it's still a great team, but he enjoyed that success for several years. And then that, that dynamic shifted a little bit, you know, KTM for the 450 class has enjoyed that for a while. Everybody's wanted to be on KTM equipment, whether it's factory KTM or Husky or what gas gas will be. That's been the bike to be on. That's been the most sought after equipment in the paddock. And that will all change that all cycles out, right? Who knows what bike will be next? Maybe 2021 Honda, the next cycle of the Honda brings them back to the forefront. I don't know, but I do know it's cyclical and we've seen this time and time again. I could even point back to the Suzuki in like 2003, four, and five. Everybody wanted to be on that Suzuki two-stroke. That was the bike that was in favor. They had, they were a step ahead technologically and that just happens. That's, that's the ebb and flow of technology in the sport. So it, it will change again, the start, the Yamaha will lose the edge. It has eventually, and not to say it won't be as good as anybody else. It just won't have this massive power advantage. Like it does now. That's just the way these things go. So good question from Tanner. I appreciate it. Hope that answered it a little bit question from Scott. Uh, he's asking me about gear so I can try to answer the best I can. He, he's asking how, what's the best way to get dirt or stains out of race gear. Um he's he's mentioning something here which I'm going to jump right on. He's he's adding some OxyClean. Please don't use OxyClean on gear. And I I know it helps with stains, that's what it's developed for, but for motocross gear, it does not work well with the leather paneling that is on that are on pants. If you if you want to use it on a jersey, I don't have any real qualms with that, but for pants, it would however it interacts with the leather, it makes that leather panel very hard and it, it's not as pliable anymore. And and I don't know the chemical reaction that goes on. I think it has something to do with the coating that's on the leather. It, it maybe removes that or compromises that coating, but it certainly changes the dynamic of the leather to where it, it gets this very hard, crusty feeling. And you certainly don't want that in your pants because they're going to be less flexible and, and less, um, there's going to be less freedom of movement if your, if your leather becomes much stiffer. So I would not use OxyClean on your pants. Some things I do, um, you know, you can use hot water. I try not to color wise. I think hot water hurts the colors a little bit. You can get some bleeding of color, but if you're just trying to get stains out, maybe try that. Um, but most gear now, unless it's just pure white, most of that stuff, the stains will come out. The the materials and the tech and the and gear color wise has come a long way. Um, but again, I would just be very very careful with uh, OxyClean there. He's asking about gloves here too. Um, he 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 likes gloves that have one layer of palm padding. He doesn't like bunching in the palm, which is a a pretty common theme. Uh, but a lot of riders like palm padding because they don't get to ride enough and they don't want to get blisters. And I could fall into that category now too. But from all my racing days, I just hate thick palms. I don't like a bunch of material in my palm that gets in between my hand and the glove. Uh, So I fall into this category too. I I agree with this sentiment. I would try the Pro Light Glove or the Light Glove. Those are the, the two that we've developed that fit this need. We do have other gloves like the Kinetic Glove and the Evo Glove and the Patrol XC Glove. Um, even an F16 glove that have a ton of protection. They have TPR on the on the uh, top of the hand. They have multi layers of protection on the palm, and all those are just trying to protect your hand, keep it from blistering, keep it from roost. You know, protect you on top from roost. Those don't really work for what I want. We sell a ton of those, and people love them, but that's not necessarily my desire out of a glove. I want the Pro Light or the Light or even the Windproof as we go into the fall that are single layer. Now the pro light has a clarino palm. That is one distinction for the pro light glove. So maybe try that if you're, if you really want to stay, take a step up as far as quality and, and single layer palm glove. So I would, I would recommend those two. I wore the light glove when I raced most of the time, it just worked for exactly what I wanted, but I have been using the pro light a little bit more since I retired and either one of them works great. I don't have a a big recommendation versus one or the other. It's more just personal preference. Their concepts are the same. The ProLite has a Velcro strap and it has a Corino palm where the light glove is an open cuffed glove. It does not have a Velcro strap at all. So uh it just depends on what you like. If you like that that uh, security enclosure at the wrist area, or if you don't, if you want a little bit less uh, restriction there, which kind of worked for me. So check those two out and I appreciate the question Scott. So that's going to do it for this week. It's going to be a little short, I actually made it 42 minutes, not too bad. But I'm going to keep these going. If you want to send questions, we are going to do giveaways. I have the green light to do giveaways from Risk Racing, from Pro Glow. We can do some fly racing giveaways, but I am dependent on your questions. I still need to give away more Pirelli tires, too. So get those questions into me. I didn't have a lot this week as far as question-wise. I had a ton from earlier in the season. They've just been a little outdated. So if you are listening to this and you submitted a question, you're like, hey, why didn't you answer? Send in a new one or resubmit. But I just want them to be timely. I want them to be kind of what's going on in the sport or things that have unfolded since maybe your question was submitted. Maybe it already answered itself. But send those in jason36 at aol.com or you can direct message the Industry Seating Podcast Instagram or you can send to my personal Instagram, which is jason66thomas. Thanks to all the sponsors. Thank you all of you for listening. And uh, if you want to check out my Patreon podcast too, I'm going to kick those off and we'll be doing some call-in stuff. It is patreon.com slash industry seating, And it is a donation-based podcast, so no no obligation. But if you want to check out a little bit different angle on some stuff, and we do those race day mornings, and I'm going to do them during the off-season too, but I expect those to really kick off in full force in 2021. Again, patreon.com slash industry seating want more information on that, just email me and ask or whatever, and I'll fill you in. Thanks everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you next Sunday with more of your questions and we'll do some giveaways as well. See ya.